0: Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, through the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. So I don't know about you, but I find goodbyes very, very difficult. Even with my dog, this past week we had to board Banjo for a few days while Harriet and I visited our daughter in Philadelphia and I told Harriet I said I don't want to take Banjo to four paws pet palace <laughs> because every time I leave him he cries and bawls and and whines and I just can't take it and so she promised to take him but then she had a conflict and I ended up taking him and I left him there and as soon as I walk away he bawls and he cries and he whines <laughs> and I feel awful just awful it's even worse when I have to say goodbye to my daughter in Philly (laughs) and give her a hug and walk away and keep looking back you know and and I've done many a funeral where family stands by the casket and that last look before the casket is closed is very hard goodbyes are hard they're sad they hurt Which is all the more reason why our gospel lesson for tonight is rather amazing. It's amazing and it's it's contradictory to our experience. Take a look on page 10 of your bulletin. Our gospel lesson from Luke 24, beginning at verse 50. And he, meaning Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands he blessed them. While he blessed them... Departed from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem. How? With great joy. And were continually in the temple blessing God. They were joyful at the departure of our Savior. Doesn't make sense. Until perhaps. He asked the question, maybe maybe could they have known something about the ascension that we need to be reminded of? Roman numeral one in your outline on page 11. What it is, what the ascension is. Letter A, the ascension of Christ is a blessing. It is a gift to the church. And look at verse 51. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried into heaven. In the context of blessing, in the context of gifting them, he departs. And this is why Jesus had earlier said in John 16, It is for your good that I go away. It is to your advantage that I depart. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not be sent to you. The Holy Spirit will not be poured out upon you. As we said earlier in the children's message, Jesus accomplishes our salvation there, but that salvation is made known through the work of the Spirit, who comes only after his departure, the departure of our Lord. Letter B, Christ's visible presence gives way to his invisible presence. Now, you and I might assume that his invisible presence might make him less available to us. His invisible presence might suggest that perhaps he's absent from us, but in fact, the opposite is true. Let her see. The ascension is not Christ's absence, but his presence in a new and more powerful manner. Remember what our Lord said, Matthew 28. He said, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And again, it's to your advantage that I depart. Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father, not to be absent from us, but to be present among us in a new and greater fashion. Number one, God's right hand is not a place per se. It's not a location. His right hand is His almighty power. It is his omnipotence. The psalmist wrote, the Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand does mighty things. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and spread the good news. See, all authority resides in him. And he exercises it graciously for the salvation of all. Number two, Jesus is now present everywhere. He's present everywhere. Our epistle lesson said that He is all in all. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. According to His human nature and divine nature, during His earthly ministry, He was in one place at a time. Now, as a result of His ascension, He's everywhere at once. What you could say of God, that he's everywhere, he fills all things, you can now say of our risen Savior. The ascension does not limit the ministry of our Lord. It expands it. The reign, the rule of Christ is limitless. And then Roman numeral two, why it matters. Letter A, humanity is now on heaven's throne. One of us is now on heaven's throne. God has tethered himself to humanity through the incarnation of our Lord. He is committed to humanity. He's become one of us. He's become flesh, and he's elevated that flesh to the throne of heaven. Now, that's significant. I can remember when Neil Armstrong first walked on the moon back in 1969, and the whole world was watching on television. Hundreds of millions of people were watching footsteps on the moon. And people were saying things like this, One of us is there. People would go out of their homes, they would look up at the moon, and they would say, One of us is there. We are there. In the same way, the ascension of our Lord should enable us to view heaven differently. Just as we began to view the moon differently after astronauts walk there, we began to view heaven differently because one of us is there. We are there. And the ascension matters because, point B, our exile is over. Our exile is over. Our first parents were exiled from the garden because of their disobedience. And St. Paul said it this way in Romans 5. He said, by one man's disobedience, just one man's disobedience, that being Adam, the many were made sinners. That's all of us. That's why we say sin is more than a deed or an action that you perform. Sin describes your condition. It's a condition that we share, it's a condition that we inherit. When Adam became unclean, all of Adam became unclean, including his seed. That's us. I was at the Philadelphia Zoo a few days ago and. My wife and daughter and I were looking at these poisonous snakes and you know there's there's little poisonous snakes and then there's big poisonous snakes but they all have this in common they have triangular heads you see they have triangular heads because they have these venom sacs on the back of their heads you see and when they bite you with their mouths then that releases the venom and it harms you it can even kill you if it's the right snake or if you're weak enough Venom comes out of their mouths. And you know, it's just their nature. But the scripture says that same nature belongs to you and me. Sometimes venom comes out of our mouths as well. Sometimes the words we speak cause harm, can even kill. Repentance involves admitting that about ourselves. That just as it is the nature of a snake to bite, it is our nature to sin. Repentance involves admitting that. And my friends, you and I can admit that without fear because we have a Lord who forgives, who forgives the whole lot of our sins. For by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So also, Paul writes, by one man's obedience, that being our Lord, the many will be made righteous. God banished us from the tree of life in the garden as a result of sin. But God made the cross of our Lord, the true tree of life, from which we may eat and live forever. And we feed upon our Savior as we believe him and his words. And we inherit a new life. We no longer inherit death. We inherit a new life that is beyond the reach of death. The ascension means that our exile from God is over. Point number one, his spirit indwells us. God himself indwells us. God can't get any closer to you than that. God has come near to us in Christ, and he has brought us near to himself in heaven. Point number two, already, already we are seated with Christ in heaven. And hang with me on this. It's a hard to understand, but just hang, bear with me. I give you this passage from Ephesians 2, verses 5 and 6, just to make this point. It's important. Paul writes, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And raised us up with him. Now that's past tense. It's completed action. Raised us up with him. You were spiritually raised from spiritual death already, and seated us with him, past tense, completed action, it's already done, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How can that be? Well, you know, one of Paul's favorite expressions is this, it's in Christo, it's in Christ. You and I are in Christ. That means what happens to him happens to you and me by virtue of the fact that we're in him. That's why Paul writes that we've been crucified with Christ, meaning our old nature has been put to death, crucified with Christ on his cross, meaning our old self has been put to death. This is why Paul writes in Romans 6 that we've been buried with Christ in baptism. And he writes we've been raised up with Christ In baptism just as Christ was raised from the dead you and I've been raised to a new life you see and Paul writes now that we've been seated with Christ in heaven already you occupy heaven with Jesus that means your real life is there the life you now live here flows out of the life that you already have in heaven just like a river flows from its source. Therefore, Paul writes these words elsewhere, we are citizens of heaven. We're citizens of that place. The life we live here is the result of the life we're already living there by grace. Where Christ is, we are also, because we are forever in him. The ascension matters because it proves the truth of Christ's last words from the cross. That's letter C. It is finished. The ascension matters because it means that our salvation is complete. Hebrews 10.14 says it like this. and Pay attention. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. By one single offering, he's perfected all of us. Not by many offerings are you and I perfected. Not by suffering and some imaginary purgatory are you and I perfected. But by a single offering, the single offering of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross. We are perfected. Period. Good news. Believe it. It's for you. And the ascension matters because letter D. Christ is now our advocate before the Father in heaven. And you know, i got to admit, that phrase, Jesus as our advocate, has always puzzled me. Because if God so loved the world that he's given his only son to die for our sins, why does Jesus need to be our advocate before the Father? Isn't the Father already convinced to forgive us? Wasn't it his idea to send his son for our salvation for our forgiveness? Why does Jesus need to advocate for us before the father? That's always puzzled me Then it occurred to me That it's not God who needs to be reminded to be gracious We need to be reminded that he is gracious because you and I tend to forget We need to be told that we have an advocate in heaven Because sometimes we fail to believe that God truly is gracious. And if all else fails, hear this. There's someone who argues your case before the Father. And the Father will not deny him. Believe that. God does not need to be reminded to forgive. We need to be reminded that he is forgiving toward us. Because we're inclined to forget that. At times we are inclined to doubt his love, and his forgiveness. And having Christ as our advocate is a reminder to us, not to God, but to us, that we are indeed forgiven. Having Christ as our advocate should remove all doubts about your forgiveness. Christ is your advocate, not for God's sake, but for your sake. Finally, Christ's ascension means that letter E We reign on earth. We rule on earth along with Christ. And that's in Revelation 20. We'll be talking more about that in Sunday school in the coming weeks. We'll be looking at um, a Lutheran understanding. Let's say, put it this way, a biblical understanding of the end times. Okay. And we'll cover Revelation 20 and other passages as well. But for now, hear this. Christ ascended far above all rule and authority in heaven and on earth and he now reigns on earth through the church through the preaching of the gospel through the administration of the sacraments this is how he reigns graciously around the world we are his kingdom we are his reign and this gracious reign of Jesus is described in our gospel reading for this evening verse 44 on page 10 then he said to them these are my words that I spoke while I was still with you that everything written about me." Now notice this, in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms, that's the three major sections of the, of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. Throughout the Hebrew Bible, this is what we learn. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, that Hebrew Bible, and he said to them, "'Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer "'and on the third day rise from the dead, That's the message of the Old Testament. And is fulfilled in the New. And that repentance, that means the preaching of the law. For the forgiveness of sins, that's the preaching of the gospel. Should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. See, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise. The entire Old Testament history is a prediction of... of of those events in Jerusalem. It all points forward to the death and the resurrection of Jesus in Jerusalem. It comes to that point, the whole Old Testament points there. And from that point in Jerusalem now, Christ ascends and then the message of that salvation spreads out into all the earth. That's how it works. That's what's predicted and then now, that's what's proclaimed. And my friends, if Christ is not ascended, then the Holy Spirit is not poured out. If Christ is not ascended, then the good news of our forgiveness is never proclaimed. If Christ is not ascended, then faith is never created in our hearts, and we are still in our sins, and the suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ was for nothing if Christ is not ascended. But he is ascended. Christ is ascended above all rule and authority. He's over it all. And because he is, our salvation is complete. The Spirit has been poured out upon us. And so we are forgiven. And we do believe this good news. That's how important the ascension of our Lord is. That's how vital it is. And that is why it should matter to all of us. God be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.